Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's me, Ian McLaren, your host of this daily Boston Bruins podcast, where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. It is Thursday, October 15th, 2020. It's a rainy day up here in Southern Ontario. I hope it's sunny and nice where you are and that you are having a great second last day of the work week. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at a trio of signings that Don Sweeney made yesterday, answer some mailbag questions, and also take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL including some other targets the Bruins may have on the radar and ones that got away, some reaction to that as well. Before we get into that, let me remind you that you can follow the program on Instagram now, Locked On Boston Bruins. On Twitter, it's at LO underscore Boston Bruins. On Twitter, you can also find me at ENC McLaren, and I am also on Instagram with the same handle. The podcast, of course, is available wherever you can get podcasts. The majority of you listen on Apple, but there's some Spotify listeners. I use Pocket Casts, which is a great app for the Android phone. Please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Even if you can only listen to a couple per week, it really is very much appreciated. Apple listeners, if you could rate and review the podcast, it would be very much appreciated. It really does help in terms of rising the Apple charts. We had a big bump yesterday on the Canadian Apple podcast charts and the hockey list, and that was thanks to a great episode featuring Mayor Zilberberg, my friend Mayor Out Loud on Twitter, uh, who will make an appearance on this episode in the form of several questions for the mailbag. But before we get to that, let's take a look at a trio of signings that Don Sweeney announced on October 14th. And that would be the following. Defenseman Jacobs Borrell was signed to a two-year contract with an NHL cap hit of $725,000. Greg McKegg is a forward who is signed to a one-year two-way contract with an NHL cap hit of $700,000, and goaltender Callum Booth was signed to a one-year, two-way deal with an NHL cap hit of $700,000. Now, the most notable thing from this announcement is that Zborl, who is currently on loan to Berno Cometa of the Czech League, skated in two games so far over there. He will be a NHL defenseman next year. It's a one-way contract. cap hit. He, of course, was selected in the first round by the Bruins back in 2015. He's now 23 years old and is pegged as a player who will uh, fight for ice time to fill the hole left on the left side of the blue line based on the departure of Tory Krug. If you haven't paid attention to Zborl specifically over the last year, you have missed that he took a very big step in his development last year, arguably Providence's best defenseman. 
He skated in 58 games for the Baby Bruins in 2019-20, recorded three goals, 16 assists, a plus 20 rating. Uh, he was second among the team's defenders in scoring, third on the team in plus minus. Plus minus isn't really a thing anymore, but still, he's played three pro seasons with Providence, 11 goals, 46 assists, and he did appear in two NHL games with the Bruins. But again, the big thing here is that Sweeney and company feel as though Zborrell is ready to take that next step. He did have a fantastic season with the Providence Bruins before it was cut short. It would have been nice for him to get that playoff experience in as well. But, you know, he's 23. He is ready to step up to the NHL level, and he'll certainly get a chance to prove that on a two-year, one-way deal that will pay him $725,000 if the Bruins can get uh, you know, some minutes out of him on the blue line, that will be tremendous value. Um, so yeah, it's taken some time for him to get there, but he now has that one-way contract. I think I saw uh, Anthony Kwiatkowski at Bruins Network mention the fact that it is a one-way deal and that could be as kind of waiver protection in order for Zborrell to be sent back to Providence, he will have to go through waivers. Teams may be reluctant to take on uh, a contract that's one way in nature, but I'm choosing to look at it. And that's true. That's true. That's a very valid point, but I'm choosing to look at it as kind of, uh, you know, he's ready for the NHL level and the Bruins are ready to give him an extended look there on the left side where there is certainly a need at this point. Now, McKegg, he skated in 53 games with the Rangers last season. Five goals, four assists, nine points. He spent the previous season with the Hurricanes. Six goals, five assists, 11 points in 41 games. McKeg, very cool name. Can be made into several beer puns. But this is a depth move. He'll likely be in the AHL. Shouldn't affect anything that the Bruins are trying to do at the NHL level or to improve the NHL roster. Callum Booth is a goaltender who played in 15 career NHL games with the Charlotte Checkers, 902 save percentage. Again, he is brought in to basically play for the Providence Bruins. Max Legacy signed with the Penguins last week. And so it'll likely be Vladder and... Booth splitting time in Providence whenever the puck drops down there with, uh, again, Jeremy Swayman, Kyle Kieser waiting in the wings to get their opportunities as well. So, again, not earth-shattering moves announced by Don Sweeney yesterday. Didn't really do much to uh, quiet the mob looking for a big swing. But, um, yeah, Zborrell, NHL defenseman, some good solid depth signings in net and up front and I would expect next that Zach Sinitian would get a similar deal to Jacobs Borrell a one-way very low cap hit deal for waiver protection but also giving him an opportunity to prove that he is ready to take things to the next level he did get some games in last season and did not look out of place I think he could very well thrive on a line with Charlie Coyle and Anders Bjork if it comes to that, and it might with Pasternak out to start next season, we could see a situation where Craig Smith and, or Andre Kasha on the 
top six, and then Sinishin gets a look on the third line, but that's looking ahead uh, right now. So, yeah, that was the news in Bruins land on Wednesday. And before we get to the mailbag, I want to talk for a moment about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for a classic drive or your daily getting around town vehicle, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low. And if you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Let's now jump to the mailbag, and I got a very nice message from a listener in Sweden at 97 underscore Carlson. That's uh, two S's and a C in Carlson. And the question was, do you think Vince Dunn can be a cheap option on the left side? Good offensive numbers and can hit like a train. Would love a Dunn-Carlo pairing. Do you think the price for acquiring would be too high? The Blues already have Krug, Falk, and Pareko. And quarterback for the power play. Would love to hear your thoughts. And that's a great suggestion for sure. The Blues do have done as a 23-year-old restricted free agent to be re-signed. They have about, well, they have zero cap space at the moment. They're actually over the limit, need to shed some cap space. So Vince Dunn could certainly be a candidate to be moved. He has appeared in 224 career games with the Blues, 26 goals, 56 assists for 82 points. He was a second-round draft pick back in 2015, same year as Brandon Carlo. And yeah, left-hand shot, very capable with the puck and without the puck. And I think he would be a great target for the Bruins in order to help fill the hole left by Krug, who is now, of course, a blue on the left side. What it would take to get him, that is, um, you know, a great question. The Blues are... Already pretty set on defense. Falk, Krug, Pareko. They have Marco Scandella, Carl Gunnarsson, Robert Bertuzzo as well. Um, and they could use some depth up front, certainly. So whether they're looking at prospects or, you know, whether a guy like Oscar Steen might get the job done, Jacob Lauko, a player like that. I don't know if that is enough to push the needle, but... Um, Yeah, Vince Dunn would certainly be a very appealing target in trade talks for the Boston Bruins. And this all comes back to the fact that, you know, Don Sweeney not yet done with the roster. There's certainly some moves yet to be made. And this is one that I agree he should be looking at. So thank you for that message. Thank you for reaching out from Sweden. And I really do appreciate people who listen from all over the world. It's pretty crazy. Another question that I got 
came from Eric Michael, and he reached out via the new Locked On Boston Bruins Instagram account. He said, I've found myself defending Don Sweeney over the past few days. Sometimes fans want to make big moves just to make moves, and they get upset when it doesn't happen. One question I do have is, why do you think Sweeney drafts out of the USHL so much and not the Q or the O or the WHL? When has he drafted out of the CHL? It hasn't gone well. Sees Boral, Seneshin, etc. Now that's a great question. And if you look at the Bruins draft history, you'll see that the highest pick from the Canadian Hockey League in recent memory was Jack Stanika, who was selected 53rd overall in the second round back in 2017. He's arguably a, a very big hit for the Bruins and appears to be a core piece going forward. That same year, they drafted Cedric Paré from the St. John Sea Dogs, who they did not end up signing, as well as Daniel Bukach, a defenseman out of the Brandon Wheat Kings, who also did not end up signing, I believe. They did uh, draft Roman Bichkov, who is a Russian junior defenseman in 2019. He was slated to actually play for the Guelph Storm, or that's who holds his OHL rights. So wouldn't have been drafted directly out of the CHL, but could have come over here last year. Uh, But yeah, if you look again, 2016, no players from the CHL. 2018, none. 2019, none. 2020, none, of course. Uh, You have to go back to 2015 again. Zborl, DeBrusque, Sinitian. Uh, as well as Jeremy Lozon and Jesse Gabriel were selected. So, you know, a lot of players from the CHL that year. I'm not quite sure exactly what the philosophy is. Uh, Sweeney really seems to go for those USHL players and especially ones who are either uh, Massachusetts or New England players born and bred or who are committed to playing in local area colleges in the future. Maybe it's just so they can keep a closer eye on them. They really like those ties, even at the NHL level with, you know, Chris Wagner, Charlie Coyle. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what the overall philosophy is there and whether or not it's going to pay off long term. Uh, You mentioned there were some reaches for sure. You would have liked to have seen them just take the best available player um you know trent frederick was selected 2016 ahead of a chl player like alex Debrinkit. that would have paid off uh, a lot more uh but yeah i don't really know what the philosophy is there and hopefully at some point some more light is shed on that in the future but it's a great question and really great um topic to keep an eye on moving forward in terms of the Bruins and their drafting habits. When I put out a call for questions on Twitter this morning, yesterday's guest, Mayor at Mayor Out Loud, just completely spammed my timeline with questions, beginning with, is there a limit to how many dad jokes you'll make in a day? No, no limit at all. Who has been your favorite guest and why was it me? Well, it's pretty obvious if you listen back to yesterday's episode, you'll see why Mayor was without question my favorite guest so far, and she'll be back uh, with some hockey goss in the future for sure. She asks, why are you a traitor to your home and native land? Yes, I was born in Toronto. I live an hour west of Toronto. 
But looking back on my life, I'm very happy with the hockey choices that I have made. Certainly has been worth it just to, you know, enjoy a playoff series win over the last, whatever, 20 years or so uh, from time to time. Whereas if I was a Leafs fan, you know, that's just not happening. If you played hockey, what position would you play and why? I would be an undersized winger who would probably go undrafted, have to prove myself at every level, and, uh, you know, kind of like a Martin St. Louis type guy, but with zero relatable skills. Who's your favorite current NHL player not on the Bruins? Make no secret that I have a love for Joe Thornton. There's some talk that he might sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which would be very disappointing. I had hoped that they would pick him up at the deadline last year. You'll remember I argued for that on the podcast. He remains my favorite non-Bruin until he retires. She then asked, I'm new here, so I might have missed this, but what's your take on Tuca leaving the bubble and subsequent reaction? I've been very clear that I fully supported Tuca leaving the bubble. As a father of three, if I had received a call saying one of my sons was in the hospital with a medical emergency, I would have been out of there so fast and would have had no second thoughts. So fully support Tuca. The reaction, for the most part, I think it has been pretty supportive. There have been some clowns out there who have questioned it, but um, the team supported him. Bruce Cassidy supported him. Smart Bruins fans supported him, and uh, I'm fully on board with that. Final question from Mayor, and it was one that came from others as well. What's one move you'd like to see the Bruins make right now? Well, now that I've thought about it more, I would like to see them acquire a player like Vince Dunn. I'd like to see them sign Anthony Duclair. I'd like to see them make a run at Evgeny Dadnov. But if I had to pinpoint it to one move where they need the most help, that Vince Dunn move is really uh, capturing me. And I think that would be something great. It'd be cool if they went off the board and offer sheeted like a, a Mikhail Sergachev or something. But uh, that's probably not good for their future prospects. And uh, we're probably entering a bit of a rebuild in the not-too-distant future. You need all those first-round picks you can get. To bounce off that, Griffin Delaney at GDelaney47 asks, What would you realistically hope to see them do from today on now that they said there isn't an internal cap specifically? That is a development that I'll touch on here in the news and notes section, but realistically, you know, we got to get DeBrusque signed. We got to get Grizzlick signed. I'd like to see Chara re-signed. So what money will we have left following that? I think there should be some room to add some scoring like a Mike Hoffman, Dadnov, a Duclair, that's realistically what I see them doing. They're not going to make a huge splash because there is limited cap space, but uh, realistically, I could see them signing a scorer like that or making a trade to free up some space and also make some improvements on the blue line, specifically on the left side. One more question comes from at Heldrificus, Kyle, who is a great friend who I used to work with at the score. What team do you think has had a sneaky good offseason so far? At first, I thought he was fishing for a Montreal Canadiens compliment because he is a big Habs fan. 
Um, I'm not quite ready to say that they are the sneaky good team of the offseason so far. Plus, I wouldn't really qualify them as sneaky as they've been kind of, you know, pretty out there in, in trying to make some moves. I think the Colorado Avalanche are pretty big winners so far, adding Brandon Saad, adding Devin Taves. Uh, they were already a very strong team and will continue to be so uh, next year. I think the Detroit Red Wings are pretty sneaky winners this offseason. Steve Eiserman signed Vladimir Nemesnikov, Bobby Ryan to some uh, low-risk, high-reward type deals. And most importantly, he's cleared some cap space, set the team up for success in the future, and I really think in a few years the Detroit Red Wings are going to be back as a very competitive team at the NHL level. So I'd say, you know, they'll probably be still bad next year. They didn't win the Lafreniere sweepstakes, but they're in a good spot to succeed coming up in a couple years for sure. Before we move on, let me talk to you about Built Go. Built Go is an exciting new product from the people who brought us Built Bar. And it is a brand new workout gel that is quite simply the best on the market. Five-hour energy boost without the same crash feeling that comes with leading brands. Plus, it's natural and better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors. My favorite so far is peanut butter honey, but it also comes in chocolate coconut and chocolate mint. Comes in easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. Great for convenient storage and easy access. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your workday like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. It then keeps you going throughout the day. It also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. It literally makes you look better as well. If you go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Let's sit on some news and notes before we end today's show. The first comes from Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman, who wrote in his latest 31 thoughts that the Bruins were among those who, quote, badly wanted to acquire 26-year-old Josh Anderson before the Habs swooped in and completed a deal involving Max Domi and ended in a lengthy contract extension, seven years, $38.5 million. Ty Anderson of WEEI writes that in order for the Bruins to pull off something similar, they would likely have had to look at dealing Jake DeBrusque. And, you know, he has top six experience, 23 years old, has equaled Anderson's output two seasons ago with 27 goals in 68 games. DeBrusque, like Domi, was in need of a new deal and would have cost the Jackets less than Anderson demanded. So... If they were going to acquire Anderson, it was likely to pair him with DeBrusque and Krejci. And so you would have basically been creating a hole in the top six in order to try and fill another one. So it didn't really make sense for the Bruins. Um, and then, especially with the addition of Craig Smith, the right side is pretty well set. Now, there was also a note from Jimmy Murphy of Boston Hockey Now, who wrote that Cam Neely has come out and said the Bruins 
are not being hindered by an internal cap. Bruins team president Cam Neely denied the club has imposed an internal salary cap lower than the league's 81.5 million ceiling. This is something I kind of touched on a couple days ago as a distinct possibility. There has been some speculation that financial losses suffered by the team and owner Jeremy Jacobs, his hospitality empire during the pandemic was behind the club's limited activity in the free agent and trade markets. But Cam Neely is denying that this is the case. And so it's more a matter of Don Sweeney looking to do stuff, swinging and missing, not finding the right fit so far. So, you know, make of that what you will from uh, a fan perspective. Now, speaking of swinging and trying to land a fish in free agency, Elliot Friedman is also reporting the Bruins are in the market for a scorer like Mike Hoffman and Carolina and Columbus also in on that as well. NBC Sports Boston's Nick Goss wrote, Hoffman could make sense for the Bruins on a one-year $6 million contract, but that would take a big bite out of their $11 million in cap space, and it might require trading Jake DeBrusque for defensemen. So this is the thing. If we want to bring in a forward on a deal like that, it's likely to be for a top six player, and unless Jake DeBrusque can sign a short-term smaller deal, then you're likely going to have to trade him for uh, someone to fill that that hole on defense. So, you know, there's a lot to consider there from management's perspective. And bringing in a big fish could spell the end of Jake DeBrusque. Do we want that? I'm not quite sure. I mentioned the uh, speculation that the Maple Leafs are courting Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton's currently playing for HC Davos over in Switzerland. And... Um, Looks like he wants to play. I'd love to see him in Boston. Would not like to see him at all go to um, the Maple Leafs. That's for darn sure. Speaking of Hoffman, he is a very capable scorer. Not really a strong defensive forward. Not really great at 5-on-5. So I'm not sure that's the guy I would target. Again, I'd like to see them take a run at Evgeny Dadnov. Much more effective 5-on-5. Or take a flyer on a younger guy like Anthony Duclair, Alex Galchenyuk, on a, uh, especially Galchenyuk. I think you could get him on a pretty reasonable cap hit on a bit of a show-me deal to try to get his career back on course. Um, otherwise, I think that's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I should mention that today is Willie O'Ree's birthday. Happy 85th birthday to Willie O'Ree. The Bruins tweeted, thank you for everything you've done and continue to do for the game of hockey. I would love to see Boston retire Willie O'Ree's number 22 here in this next season. Um, That would be a really great way for them to show just how much they appreciate him, Um, you know, and for breaking the color barrier. It would be just a very nice move and a great way to begin next season, especially in light of all that's happened in 2020 with uh, Black Lives Matter. And um, yeah, it's well past time for the Bruins to take that step. So please do honor Willie O'Ree as soon as possible by retiring his number. That would be very great. I hope you all have a great Thursday and that 
yeah, your week is going well. Pop culture front, Lauren and I started watching The Haunting of Bly Manor last night. Off to a bit of a slow start. It is the sequel to The Haunting of Hill House. Not really a sequel, but uh, just a new show by the owners. I love seeing shows filmed in the UK, so it really made me miss England. But uh, pretty promising so far. I uh, also started season four of The Good Place last night and looking forward to seeing how that show wraps up. And uh, also on season two of Sons of Anarchy, which I am really loving so far. So yeah, thanks so much for taking some time to listen today, friends. Very much appreciate it. Always appreciate you guys tuning in, sending me messages on social media, and just the community of Bruins fans that we have built up here. You are all so great, and I'm very thankful for you, and I wish you well today through the rest of your Thursday, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this week's episodes of Locked On Boston Bruins, your team, every single day, and uh, yeah, that's it. Talk to you tomorrow, friends. Peace.